power to the pod today. Your questions, your topics, your hot takes, you name it. We're going to dig into it here today on the show. Kyle Krabs, Locked On Dolphins. Let's tap in. You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs, your host here on Locked on Dolphins. Monday, April 18, 2022. I want to thank you guys for making Locked on Dolphins your first Miami Dolphins listen today. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online is where the game starts. If you're on the YouTube channel, you've been treated to. Um, one of my furry friends making an early debut this morning, making me look bad because he's dressed much better than I am. Oh, well, Locked on Dolphins uh, on YouTube. Check it out. Hit subscribe on the channel if you're interested. Uh, but power to the pod today. A chance to uh, check in with the pulse of the fan base, see what's on your minds. And we're going to start with Brady underscore 26. That guy came at me with a mock. If you want to tug on my heartstrings a little bit, come at me with a mock. <laughs> leaving a review for, on the show, but I listen every day. First time leaving a re review on the show. Thanks for your listenership. TDM Mock 102. Had my choice of Troy Anderson and Brandon Smith linebackers from Montana State and Penn State. Had a hard time deciding between the two. Ultimately went with Troy Anderson. 125, Rachad White, running back Arizona State. 224, Tyquan Thornton, wide receiver from Baylor. And at 147, Jalen Amore Davis, cornerback from Alabama. Would be very happy with this haul. Let me know what you think. Anderson was the right choice amongst your two linebackers in my mind. And I don't think it's particularly close. The ceiling with Anderson versus the ceiling with Smith. Uh, the physicality that, that Anderson can bring that I just don't think Brandon Smith sh has showcased. Uh, good call. Rashad White is a very likable back. Can win in the passing game. Uh, does have the ability to catch the football, be, make an impact on third down, so I think that's the right kind of player. Uh, more speed at wide receiver Tyquan Thornton. I don't know that he makes the roster. And the reason why is uh, for those late-round guys, you're not – so much drafting them is for what they're going to bring to the table for you from a uh, offensive perspective. You're drafting them for what they can bring from a special teams perspective. And I don't know that Tyquan Thornton, who's really long and lean and not super physical, I don't know that he does that for you. Uh, and Amor Davis, I think, is a, a good high upside athleticism pick uh, for you to make at the end of the seventh round. So I'd give this a B. Job well done. I'd have to know... Um, who else was on the board that you left before I could give you a stronger endorsement or a softer endorsement? Waffle Derek. Longtime listeners about to bring another Dolphins fan into the world. Boy, and we're stoked. I'm stoked for you. Congratulations uh, to you and your family. I heard a take that we are four pieces away from having a complete roster that's ready to compete. Depth of defensive end, depth in the defensive backfield, 
a middle linebacker, and a right tackle, which is probably serving a competition of current players. Wanted to get your thoughts on this and take a moment to appreciate that I think we will soon have a legitimate roster to compete. Remind me. And Derek, this is is not a comment or a statement made at you, but nevertheless, uh, remind me who's been building the roster this whole time. Chris Greer? Everybody's public enemy number one? I think Chris is doing a really nice job, to be completely honest with you. Um, As far as a roster that's ready to compete, compete, I think you need to define compete for what? Uh, I certainly think there's a handful of of pieces, depth pieces that you could add if you end up signing Melvin Ingram. I think that takes care of depth at defensive end. Uh, depth at defensive backfield. I mean, the safety group is really deep right now. I think at corner, you got three deep that you feel really good about. Noig Benogany, yeah. I mean, maybe ideally you'd like to have a veteran player, but the Dolphins had that last year in Justin Coleman, and you can usually find those guys in any given year. Uh, middle linebacker, I would agree with, is a glaring hole on the roster right now. Right tackle is a glaring question mark on the roster right now. But if you're talking about competing for a championship, then like, I think you probably need another X-factor player on both sides of the ball. And ideally, one of them is your quarterback. And we don't know that two is an X-factor quarterback at this point in time. But if you want to be competing for consistently being in the playoffs and winning the playoff game and and being that team that's, that's legit a few pieces away from being a championship caliber team, I think we're getting close to that caliber. Um... Obviously, they're in a tough spot with some of the players like Teron Armstead. Teron Armstead comes to Miami, and he's already kind of on the clock as far as the urgency for the Dolphins to get a return on investment because he's a player that's you know getting older and has struggled a little bit with injuries. So where they are at on the timeline at this point in time, I certainly think you can generate a lot of excitement about them being a playoff contender and a team that could win a playoff game. Uh, but that all depends on how the team gels and how Tua elevates his game on the defense, uh, picking up where they left off instead of regressing, boost up the offseason. So uh, there's a lot to work out still. Finman33, part of the pod question, curious to know how high could Miami climb in this year's draft if we package our third and fourth round picks together plus maybe a third next year? Okay. So let's let's pull out the old trade value chart here. One of my favorite pastimes. And I'm not a math guy, so you're going to have to bear with me as I do the math. Uh, according to the traditional Jimmy Johnson model. Damn cat. According to the Jimmy Johnson model. Miami's top pick is worth 92 points. Miami's uh, fourth-round pick is worth 47 points. So you don't got a math guy to know that 92 plus 47 is 139. 139 gets you up to 90. 12 spots. A future three would probably be regarded, from a trade value perspective, equal to a future four. So Miami's organic pick in the third round that belongs to Pittsburgh 
is 84th. So you project that as a fourth round pick in the same slot. So effectively 125 all over again is another 47 points. So now here's where the math guy problem starts kicking in. Uh, 186, which gets you to around 79 or 80. Uh, you could get up into the top half of the third round if you paid that price. Now, I would be interested if Miami does decide to make a maneuver like that. Are there excess players on the roster that could be valued as higher than a future three? That's the question they kind of have to ask themselves. But I, I don't see this team barring giving up premium assets this year, which I don't think we want to do based on the long-term flexibility that it provides you and the fact that the Dolphins have already invested a lot of premium assets. Like I, don't, I don't think this team gets up into the top 50. I don't think this team gets up into the top 64. They'd be lucky to get into the top 75 unless they have a player that a team absolutely loves and they use that player to kind of blow, blow their trade offer out of the water. It's a good question, though. It's always fun to, to kind of cross-check that and see, see where the expectation should fall. BetOnline is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. Benjamin with the next question. And it's about the running back room dilemma. Always look forward to the next iteration of your show and hate knowing an episode is about to end until I have to wait for the next day. My apologies. I wish I could go 247. I can't, though. Question. Let's say somehow James Cook falls to us when we decide to pick him in the third round. How does our crowded running back room shake out after adding a rookie? Does Gaskin get traded or cut? And would a rookie running back like Cook get any regular season action with Edmonds and Mostert likely serving as our one-two punch? <laughs> Here's the, the first thing I would say. You have to remember, football is a game of attrition. Shout out to Coach Doms, uh, who that was his go-to line when I played high school ball. Football is a game of attrition. So, yes, you have Edmonds and Mostert, but what recent track record do we have to indicate that Raheem Mostert is going to play a full 17-game schedule? Genuine question. We don't. And I think it would be foolish of Miami to consider all of their eggs in that basket taken care of. We don't got to worry about it. No, camera, I don't want you to move around on me. If the Dolphins decide to add another back in the, in the draft this year, I don't think Gaskin makes the team. I think Gaskin is already on a slippery slope uh, because his... Best qualities were areas in which he regressed last year. He was somebody who really struggled with, with running with physicality. 
Uh, he does not have the explosiveness that these other guys have. He was supposed to be the guy who was really good in pass pro, and he struggled there this year. So I think a, the decision to bring in any back in the draft should be considered a kiss of death, as far as I'm concerned, for uh, Miles Gaskin on the roster in general. Tom, don't let a good podcast stop you from finding a great one. Good play on words with uh, one of my philosophies towards the draft. You can have a good player on your roster, but he shouldn't prevent you from drafting a great one. Like many others, I've been listening since the Travis days. Took me ages to find a Finns podcast I like, so I was gutted when he left, but little did I know. You've opened my eyes and educated me on the game in ways I never thought possible, so thank you. There's no greater compliment that you can pay me. So, Tom, thank you. Avid Draft Dudes listener, TDM Premium subscriber, Mock Draft Simulator addict. My question is about running backs. Okay. Very good. Let's talk running backs. Hmm. We're ahead of the game. Assuming Coach McDaniel has told the scouts exactly what kind of back he covets and we tend to draft one, what does that mean for Miles Gaskin? I promise, Tom, I didn't pre-read the question and just wanted to read your fluff before you asked your question. But I'm glad you and Benjamin are on the same page so we can go for our next review, which comes from Tosin Ola. Thanks for the work you do, Kyle, especially the amount of content you deliver. Locked on Dolphins is definitely my number one listen on all things Dolphins. I appreciate that. I was watching our 2020 season highlight again and remembered how good our defense was. Although the personnel was slightly different in 2021, do you think it was a better defense than the second half defense of 2020? Okay, so was the 2020 D better than the second half defense of 2021? I ask this because I'm trying to figure out if Josh Boyer can be a respectable defense, uh, can field a respectable defense in 2022. I think he was mostly in control of the defense in 2021. P.S. This could actually be content for a whole episode on so on. It could, but it's draft season. So we're going we're gonna to bundle it here. Um, I have stopped trying to decode exactly how much of the Dolphins' defense in 2021 was Brian Flores and Josh Boyer and Cheryl Alexander and the players. and I don't know. I don't know. But what I do know is this. Um, the defense that we saw in the back half of this year I think is probably more exciting because there's the young playmakers. So when I try to decide if the Dolphins defense in 2022 is going to be better than 2020 or 2021, it's about how much better can Javon Holland be? It's how much better can Jalen Phillips be? Can Christian Wilkins continue to grow as a player? Those are the questions. Will, will Jerome Baker's usage be as versatile as it was in the back half of this year? If the answer to those questions is yet, this is going to be the best iteration of a Dolphins defense you've seen in a long time. Now, we should note, player development in the NFL is not linear. Right, It's not always just on this consistent upward trajectory. And that's what makes it hard. But you've got enough pieces in place that 
Not everybody's going to be to the moon like Dogecoin, right? Some guys are going to plateau. Some guys might regress a little bit. But there's so many guys who are on that trajectory that a, even a couple of them hitting. That, that takes me back to what my thoughts were ahead of this past season. And the commentary was in regards to the 2020 draft class. Some guys are going to take a large step forward. Some guys are going to take a modest step forward. Some guys aren't going to take a step forward at all. And I think you think about that draft class in 2020, Tua Tagovailoa took a modest step forward in 2021. Austin Jackson did not take a step forward. Noig Benogany did not take a step forward. Robert Hunt took a large step forward. Raekwon Davis took a large step forward as a player. And Brandon Jones, somewhere between an intermediate and a large step forward. It's a law of averages. There's always going to be variety on who grows how much, how quick. But everything that we're saying for the 2021 class now is still also applicable to 2020. Does somebody take a large step forward this year? Is it Tua? Is it Austin Jackson? Does Noah Benogany show up? You don't know. It's a great mystery of, of the game of football. Oh, D. Leon. My guy. My guy. Like oxygen and water, need this pod for my daily existence. First of all, bless you. Second of all, how do you like my mock draft? I got to pick 60 from the Bucks. I traded all the Dolphins picks in 2022. And for the sake of realism's perspective, I know the TDN simulator probably put it through, but that's, that's a hard one to, to grade on a curve. Let's assume you still had to give up that third-round pick in 2023. His choice was Chad Muma, linebacker from Wyoming. Yes, please. If Chad Muma were to somehow be on the board at 60, and I would be stunned if he were, but if he were, and you got to there, and you got to draft him, you, you won. You won the draft. <laughs> Muma is an absolute stud. He's an absolute animal, just like Bilt Bar. Bilt Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. These things are high in protein, high in fiber, low in calories, low in sugar. They have 100% chocolate on all their bars. They're absolutely delicious. Right now, you could visit Bilt.com, use promo code LOCK15, and save 15%. Off your next order, that is built.com. Promo code LOCK15 to save 15% off your next order of the world's most delicious protein bar. Where were we? Kick me down the rabbit hole. Cam Van Wick. There we go. Appreciate everything you do for Finns Nation, Kyle. Thank you. Rome wasn't built in a day. I imagine McDaniel worked with Gruden to identify what pieces he needs to run his offense, and at times they realized they couldn't do everything this offseason. Okay. I like it. An objective, reasonable look at NFL team building. Let's see where he goes from here. I think this is why Gasecki is still here. I love 88, but his fit is questionable at best. The opportunity to improve the tight end position was not there in free agency or the draft this year. My question 
is tight end the number one priority on offense next season? Oh. Is Michael Mayer from Notre Dame a top player to close, watch closely in college football this year? Fins up, Cam. If the Dolphins were to somehow add Michael Mayer to this offense, whoa, buddy. Here's the thing you need to know about Michael Mayer. The dude is a stud, an absolute stud, tight end from Notre Dame. And next year's tight end group is much better than this year's. So I think that does create kind of this fascinating dynamic and question. And Cam, I like where your head's at. I'll start with that. Um, Michael Mayer would be a phenomenal add in the traditional tight end role. I think you bring up some interesting points about Mike and, and the Dolphins and their offseason and not wanting to create holes on the roster before you're capable of fulfilling them. So... Yeah. I can get behind this. Uh, GM Hindsight with a question. Another international listener here checking in from Stockholm, Sweden. Thanks for listening to Locked on Dolphins. I hope life is treating you well. Please, can you help me with this? Maybe beyond three quarterbacks in the NFL all have limitations. So what is the utility of using the descriptor? limitations oh so is limitations trope or truth uh i think if i'm understanding your question properly the assertion uh, that quarterbacks have system quarterbacks that is the norm right the guys who don't have system limitations the guys who are transcendent players they are the exceptions to the rule they are not the rule and kind of the, the first-class ticket that you have to um, disappointment in building a team or building an offense or, or expecting anything from the game of football is expecting that you are going to replicate the exception to the rule. So perhaps it is trope. Well, perhaps it's redundant. Perhaps it's unnecessary to say that quarterbacks have scheme limitations and restrictions in their, their style of play. Now, where that debate can get interesting is when you turn that into what are the consistent themes of limitations that exist with players who win at a high level and win consistently. And that's a conversation we, we could tackle another day. Wanted to grab a couple more. And the next one comes from Jay Smith because it's going to tug at my heartstrings here a little bit. Been a big fan of your content, both at the Draft Network with Draft Dudes and Locked on Fins. I've truly appreciated your perspective on the Dolphins. I'm a part of the younger audience who never got to witness Dan since I would have been barely one. Hearing about the glory days from my dad is the reason I became a fan, and I hope that we will soon reach them. He asked about a player who's probably not in the strike zone of what we're going to be able to draft. And this, this review came from about a week and a half ago. What's the floor for Tyler Linderbaum? And if he falls to the middle of the second round, do you think Miami could package together something that doesn't include first-round picks next year to get him based on fit? Uh, 
I think there's a very realistic chance Tyler Linderbaum does not go in the first round. But the fact that the New York Jets have a starting center who's older and in the last year of his contract and run the same style of offense that the Dolphins do, uh, I think there's a very realistic chance Tyler Linderbaum ends up in New York with the Jets. And if he does, it's not all bad. Because based on Miami's front, Tyler Linderbaum... And his concern is his ability to handle one-on-one situations, his ability to anchor, and his ability to stack and seal against interior defensive linemen in the NFL. The Dolphins have a gentleman by the name of Raquan Davis who has a lot of advantages that I would like in those individual matchups. And that's kind of the conflict that exists with Tyler Linderbaum. As you know, you're always going to have to deal with the physical mismatch that, that he's going to present because he's not long, he's not big, he wins with leverage, he wins with lateral mobility. He'd be a great scheme fit in Miami. He'd also be a great scheme fit with the Jets. I would be surprised if he makes it back past both Jets picks in the second round. Okay, Ski Balls, 903. Been a Dolphins fan for 40 years, but only recently started listening to podcasts. Welcome to the podcast world. It's, it's a fun one. Of all the teams I follow through the various sports, I have learned that the Dolphins have the most passionate fans. All the podcasts I've listened to have been great and hold my interest. Among the top, Kyle, Locked On Dolphins, recently wrote a review for Travis Wingfield in Drive Time, and honestly could copy and paste it here, replace his name with Kyle's. Knowledge inside is top. Not stop. Stop. It's getting warm in here. It's no wonder both guys frequently mention and endorse each other. I can enjoy listening to it every day, watched on YouTube when I can, even though the Dolphins' man came in the background makes me totally jealous. Keep up the great work, Finn's well. So that, that's... That is very nice, Ski Balls. Thank you very much. It's always um, always nice to get into one of these and, and have some nice endorsement and then, like, the surprise of no question at the end, and then I feel embarrassed because, like, I'm just reading nice nice things. <laughs> um, but let's, let's get three more. Chad, Miami Dolphins. Thanks for answering my question on Herbert and to his prospects. No question this week, but a draft scenario I'd like to get your thoughts on. If Kenneth Walker or Brees Hall is available in the middle part of the second round, ah, so this is the new thing. Everybody's trying to find the scenario that's going to prompt the Dolphins to jump up into the second round. Uh, I would be surprised if either Kenneth Walker or Brees Hall is available in the back half of the second round. And I think that's the first realistic place that you can get unless you do a monumental trade. Unless you're going to trade Gusecki on draft weekend. Uh, I don't think 102 and a 3 gets you anywhere near that strike zone. And to be quite frank with you, um, in this year's running back class, I don't know if you guys can see it behind me or not. Actually, this the column that's directly above my head here, if you're on YouTube. This is the running backs group. And you can see just how... That would be my question for Miami, is why would you trade up for a single guy and invest, exhaust more assets to go get a player 
when the sweet spot of talent in this year's draft in the running back room is... I gotta move move the right arm here. Right there. Third and fourth round. That is the sweet spot. That is where the best value exists. You're already in the honey hole. You don't gotta move. And then you can get a player, depending on what specifically you're looking for, who can present you 90% of those players. And I do have questions about Brees Hall and his vision as a runner. A lot of free access to the edge. Now, granted, if Miami gets good in the running game with their offensive line, that'd be a great spot for Brees Hall. Uh, Hoosier Finn fan, 18. Love your input as a Dolphins fan. Have been a lockdown Dolphins listener since the Wingfield era. Lots of Travis. Lots of Travis mentions today. Travis, are you bribing my audience? I need to know. Got my eye on you, buddy. I know it's not Dolphin-specific, but had some ideas I'd like your thoughts on and didn't know if you had any similar ideas of your own. Oh, okay. Here we go. This is actually kind of fun. First, take away the Pro Bowl game and replace it with the Toilet Bowl for the bottom two teams to play for the number one overall pick. Uh, you could still nominate players as Pro Bowl players for performance-based contract incentives, but at this point, the game seems pointless as nobody wants to get hurt and the game doesn't mean anything. Second thought was implementing a relegation system like the English Premier League to avoid any tanking allegations. Here's the problem. They don't have anywhere to go, right? Uh, I love the idea of pe being penalized for being bad as a football team, and you can't be a part of the club for a little while. Uh, I just did you'd have to have a league that would not only exist and have infrastructure, but exist and have infrastructure and have success for a really long time before you're comfortable with, with NFL teams. And uh, I certainly don't think the owners would sign off on anything to that degree because it's not something that um, really exists on American sports. Um, I love the idea of getting rid of the Pro Bowl game and, and replacing it with anything. Just do the skills competition stuff. I don't know. But, like, I don't need to see you guys out here effectively playing flag football and sometimes not even that. Last question comes from Stephen Ross. Sell somebody with not nice commentary about, about Stephen Ross. Kyle, loving the show. Wanted to ask your analysis on Damian Pearson, if he might be a fit for the Dolphins. He's flown under the radar so far, but I've just recently looked into him and impressed with his running between the tackles, which is what we need, as well as looking like he's decent in pass pro, surprisingly good hands, and route running as a receiver. So chance he's there at one of two. Yes, there's a chance, and yes, I'd be thrilled. He's not decent in pass pro. He kicks your ass in pass pro. This is a super physical dude. Go check out this rush from the Senior Bowl in the pass rush 101s. I watch him crack dudes. It's, it's a lot of fun. And he's super physical between the tackles. Low mileage back. Leaves Florida. Was in a situation where he didn't get as many touches as he probably should. It was kind of a this weird dynamic with the coaches. And I'll say this as somebody who just watched the, uh, the right tackle, Gene DeLance. Uh, I can't think of too many teams that were worse coached in college football last year than the Florida Gators. So a uh, lot of talent, better talent than production for a lot of players on that team. And 
Uh, Damian Pierce is certainly among them. I think he's going to be a successful pro player, and I'd be thrilled for the Dolphins to secure him as the inside zone runner for their system. So that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked on Dolphins. We hope you enjoyed the show, enjoyed the ride. I know I certainly did. Kyle Krabs, fins up. Keep it locked in. Right here on Locked on Dolphins. I'll talk with you guys again tomorrow.